Welcome to the Harbor Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information, visit us online at www.theharborli.com. So in, in, in getting ready for this week, you know, God just started to really work in my life. And, um, you know, today's message, it, it, I'm going to do a two-part message uh, entitled The Path. The Path. And, 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 you know, one thing about the path is the path is something... Uh, that you travel on. It, it's your journey in life. It's the direction. It's your way. It's your path. And I was surprised in Scripture at how many references there were to the path. Um, it, it, it just it blew my mind. And, and just know today, uh, this, this, this message is going gonna, is gonna to be very direct. Um, God has taken me through it and, and worked in my heart this week and filleted me open and, um, and I just believe that this is a word for this house today, and I have to be obedient to it. So we're going we're gonna to get with it. How many just want to get with it? You want to get into it, all right? All right, there you go. So um, we're going we're gonna to start with the, the, one of the most well-known psalms that there is, and that's the 23rd Psalm. We've all heard it, uh, read at, at funerals and every other place. And, but I, I want to just start with that. I want to tee the ball up for this message with Psalm 23. And... Um, it starts off and it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. And he guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. The word translated right, or if you have a different translation, it might say paths of righteousness, but the word translated right or righteous comes from a Hebrew word that means straight. It means that he puts you on a straight path. A straight path is much easier to maneuver than a, than a path that's all over the place. And a lot of times we come to Christ and we've made decisions in our life, and our, and our life is like this, you know, and, and we say, God, just help me get this untangled. Help me to get straightened out. And God, the good news is God can do it. Uh, one of the first uh, verses that I really ever read, one of the first verses that really spoke to my heart, and, and I, uh, I remember back, it was in the summer of 1981, and I was getting ready to go out drinking and partying. I had a beer in my hand, and someone sent me a card in the mail. And this verse was written in that card. And, and once I read it, I was changed. And, and my, my path began. My journey began. I wanted to pursue whatever it was I was feeling and find the answer to it. And that was Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. And it says this. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And uh, you just need to know that God never forces us to follow his path, does he? He never does. He gives us a choice as to which road we are going to take. Several years ago, there was a news article in the San Francisco Chronicle that read this. The blazing summer heat of the Death Valley area has killed two men and a boy who tried to reach help by setting foot across the desert. Arnold Dobson 
Harold Mass Sr. and his son Harold Jr. apparently became stranded in the barren Saline Valley without water. One of the three bodies was found seven miles from their abandoned car, another 14 miles, and the last 17 miles from the car. The local sheriff reported this. He said, it looks like they, were, they just went the wrong way. See, it appeared that they had, they had passed a ranch house 30 miles back, and they were traveling in the direction of that ranch house, but they never made it. But what they didn't know, that in, a, in just one mile in the other direction, there was a grove of willow trees with a beautiful freshwater spring. The paths we take are important because the paths we take have consequences, don't they? And so if you're taking notes today, I'm gonna, I want to talk about four things today that really spoke to my heart this week, and I just hope that they speak to your heart too. Four things. The first thing is this, is that my direction, not my intention, determines my destination. My direction and not my intention determines my destination. I looked at the word destination in the, in the dictionary, and it's, it's a place to which someone is going. Um, but it, it also means the journey's end, the end of the line, the landing place, the point of disembarkation, the finish line. For the believer in Jesus, that time comes when we breathe our last breath here in this world, and we are with Jesus. The, the, the fight is over. The battle is over. We, we, we are with him for eternity. That's what we have our eyes on. The goal is Jesus. But it's so easy to be sidetracked and go down a path that, that is not good for us, a path that, that will take us the wrong direction. Solomon, uh, who was known as the wisest man in all the world, shared a story, wrote a story about a young man that was going down a wrong path. And I want to read this to you. This story, honestly, from the time I was a new believer, has scared the daylights out of me. When I read it as a young man, I thought, oh, God, I don't ever want to be that young man because of what he does and what he decides to do. He's going down a wrong path. And so Solomon, uh, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 7, shares this story, this principle about going down a path. And this, this young man goes down a life-altering path, and Solomon writes it as though he's looking out of a window down onto the street and watching it all unfold. And this is what he says in verse 6. He says, At the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice, and I saw among the simple, I, I noticed among the young men, a youth who had no sense. He was going down the street near her corner, walking along in the direction. Everyone say in the direction. I want you to think path. In the direction of her house at twilight, as the day was fading and as the dark of night was setting in. He was going out for an evening of pleasure. This young guy walking the streets at sunset, heading in the direction of a specific woman's house. And we'll see in a second that he knew who the woman was, He knew she was married. He knew that her husband was away on business. And he knew that she'd be waiting on the street corner looking for something. And in Proverbs uh, 7, verse, now I put um, uh, verse 10. It's actually, 
Okay, forget it. Wrong verse. That's coming up. I messed up. I've been told that. So, uh, verse 10. That, this one's right. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute and with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home, now in the street, now in the squares, at every corner she lurks. And she took hold of him and kissed him, and with a brazen face she said, Today I fulfilled my vows, and I have food for my fellowship offering at home. So I came out to meet you, and I looked for you, and I have found you. I have covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. My husband is not home. He has gone away on a long journey. He took his purse filled with money and will not be home until the full moon. You see, there's a major difference between what this man was expecting to experience and what Solomon knew was actually in his future. Solomon understood from experience where this path would lead. How would Solomon know that? Solomon would know that because he lived it. His father had an affair with another man's wife, got her pregnant, killed her husband, and, and took her in as one of his wives and went through it from that point on. That was David. And Solomon knew way too well that what this would lead to. And so the man was preoccupied with what he believed would be an exciting event, a night of passion, a night disconnected from every other event in his life. Isn't it funny when we struggle with temptation, we convince ourselves that it's totally disconnected from the rest of our life. But what we don't realize is that it is indeed interconnected with our life. It's never just disconnected. It's never something separate. It, it, it influences more than what we would think. And that night, this man, this young man, was to step down a path. And a path, like all paths, lead somewhere. This particular path had a predictable destination. So, with persuasive words, she led him astray. She seduced him with her smooth talk. All at once he followed her like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into a noose till an arrow pierced his liver. This, this must have been a bow hunter. Um, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. See, the disconnect here was what he was expecting to happen was, was completely um, not reality. This young man wanted his life to be exciting and passionate relationally, but what he was about to do would undermine his relationships for the rest of his life. This young man learned, yearned for pleasure, but what he would get in return was a life of pain. That was the disconnect. And that's the disconnect that we all have when we struggle with a whole host of things that we all struggle with, myself included. I'm the chief among those who struggle, just so you know. We all have a propensity of choosing paths that we don't really want to go down. We all do. And, and if we take the wrong path and we go in the wrong direction, it can lead to tragic consequences, can it? The outcome of our life is determined by the paths we take. One thing is clear to me in Psalm 23 is that 
in order to be on the right path, in order to be on the path of righteousness, like it's mentioned in Psalm 23, the only way we can be on that path is if the Lord is truly our shepherd, right? There is no other shepherd, no other leader, no other guide who will take you the way of righteousness, the way of rightness, the straight path. And only the path of righteousness leads us to heaven. It's the only path that will. All the other paths will lead you to, a, to an eternity without God. The Bible describes a place called hell for, for those that have never made the Lord their Savior. And you might say, well, that's not a popular thing today, but it's still there. It's real. It's true. In our humanity and in our flesh, even in all of our earthly wisdom, we are limited and unable to see clearly the path of righteousness unless God illuminates it for us. The psalmist says that this road of righteousness involves green pastures and, and, and rest, uh, re- being refreshed by quiet streams. You know what that tells me? That when you're on that path, there are times that your soul is at rest. Your soul is refreshed. I remember what it was like to live life where my soul was in turmoil all the time, where my soul could never find any rest. I couldn't fill the void that was in my life. I couldn't, I couldn't calm the anxiety that was bubbling up within me. So if God leads us to the right path, that tells me then there's a lot of wrong paths we can go down. And you know what? There are times that we ask ourselves, how did I get to this place? Have you ever asked yourself that? How did I get here? What happened? You find yourself in a lonely and remote place without any idea of how to get back on track. Like, How did life get so out of control? I'll tell you how it happened. It brings me to my second thought today, and that's this, that my choices determine my path. My choices determine my path. Most of us are serving God because of a significant choice we made at one point. There was a time where we felt like there was a fork in the path, a fork in the road. And, and, and we, we, we saw more than one path, but we saw that this is the right one. I, I, I'll remember that day when that, when, when that became clear to me. It was, it was illuminated. It was like I had never seen it before. But I saw the path that everyone else was on, and then I see this other path that, that I knew would bring me peace and joy and contentment and fulfillment and everything. And I knew that that path isn't as popular as that path, but I knew in my heart that was the right way because God showed me that. And then if I took that narrow path, that it would lead to an abundant life and it would, it would lead to many good things. And it was the condition of my heart, and, and, and many of you have the same story, that caused you to turn in the right direction because God was working in your heart. It's not like something you just toss a coin and, well, if it's heads, I go down that path. If it's tails, I go down that path. It, this is a serious choice because it has to do with eternity. The choices we make every day of our lives deta- determine which path we take and where we spend all of our time. If you want to walk in the Spirit of God and in the path of life, You just need to know that there's going to be a continuous struggle between your flesh and your spirit because there's one that wars against your soul. There's one every time you take a step towards God, he'll he'll nail you to where it feels like you've taken three steps the other direction. That should be proof enough that God is real. (laughs) 
You know, if, if, you don't make any, if you don't make any choices to go towards God, you won't, you're okay in the sense that you're not going to have those struggles. You're going to be miserable. I was miserable. I remember being in a place where every night I put my head on my pillow, I was empty and miserable, and, and I didn't have any kind of joy. I was frustrated. And I asked every time, how did I get myself in this position? If I had a nickel for every time I said, God, I'm going to make a deal with you. If you'd get me out of this, I'll never do it again. You know how many times I did it again? A million. You prayed that same prayer? Okay. So it's very important to consider the path of your feet. Proverbs 4. Uh, this is the one. It says 10 up there. I think it says 10. It's Okay, 17. It's 17. And that, no, forget it. I got it all messed up. Forget it. Just bear with me here. All right, I don't even know what scripture I'm on. It doesn't matter. One of these is wrong, as long as you know that, okay? It says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to one's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead and fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thoughts to the paths for your feet and be steadfast or steady in all your ways. Don't turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. My choices determine the path I'm on. The other thing is this. The path I'm on shapes me into who I will eventually become. I start using drugs. That puts me on a path. I become an addict. If I start abusing alcohol, it puts me in a path and I become an alcoholic. If I start cheating on my wife, it leads me down a path where I become an adulterer. And on and on and on and on and on it goes. The path I'm on shapes me into who I will eventually become. And as a believer and a follower of Jesus... We find ourselves every day confronted with two paths. The, 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 the path of, of, of self-gratification is one, and the path of self-denial is the other. And as a believer, we are to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him every day. But that self-gratification thing won't let me go. Which path do you find yourself on? Which path do you find is shaping your life right now? What are you becoming? As I close, I want to say that you'll become the person where you spend the most time on that particular path on. That's who you'll become. And my last thought is this as the band comes out. It's this, that this path we're talking about, it's an ancient path. And it needs to be illuminated for you to see it. See, the Bible says in Psalm 119, that your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. That means that I, and I am unable to see it apart from his word. And you know what? When this was written, you know what the lamp was like? A lamp was like a little tiny gravy bowl that we would use today. And it had olive oil in it. It had a wick in it. And that, that lamp, you could only see maybe three feet in front of you. 
So you know what that tells me? You couldn't see like these LED flashlights we have today where you can see a mile and a half. It wasn't that way at all. You could only see the next step in front of you. So you had to trust him. It's not by sight, it's by faith. And so his word is a light into my path and a lamp and uh, a light for my path. And in the Passion Translation, this is how this verse is translated. It says, Truth's shining light guides me in my choices and my decisions. The revelation of your word makes my pathway clear. Psalm 16, verse 11 says, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is a prophetic psalm of of Christ, actually, showing us that lost man can find no way to God in his own strength, his own abilities. The path of life that we're talking about went from the manger to the cross and from the cross to glory. Adam, when Adam sinned and, and when he did that willingly, he forfeited his right to come into the presence of God. And for generations upon generations, man could not have personal relationship with God. He could not be in the presence of God. And then Christ came and made a new relationship with God and opened a way up. I cannot make my own way to God. You cannot make your own way to God. I hear it all the time. People will tell me, well, this is what I think. This is what I think God is like. This is what I think it's all about. If I'm a good person, then I'll get into heaven. Like, based on what? And based on how good? Is there someone gooder than you? Yes. We need God to reveal to us the straight path, the right path, the path of righteousness. And I close with Psalm 5, verse 7. It says, Because of your unfailing love, I can enter your house. I will worship at your temple with deepest awe. Lead me in the right path, O Lord, or my enemies will conquer me. Make your way plain for me to follow. What are we talking about here as far as enemies? Are we talking about Philistines and Assyrians and the Jebusites and all the sites that you read? No, that's not what we're talking about here. You know what my enemies are that can conquer me? Lust, anger, offense. That's just to name a few. Selfish ambition. I could go on and on and on with my laundry list. And if I'm not on the right path, those things conquer me instead of me conquering them. And so today, um, I want to just ask you a question. If we could all stand, I'm going to ask two questions today. The first question is for the person that's here that has never, never had the opportunity or maybe you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and to be your Lord and be your Savior and to change you. To You've never been transformed by His presence. You know about Him. You've heard about Him. You've done the whole church thing over the years, but you've never walked personally with God. You've never had a personal relationship with Jesus. And I just want to let you know today that today you are facing 
two paths. You're, you're facing a path that's wide that, that, that the majority of the people walk down. And then there's another path, a narrow path. It's a path that, that not everyone takes, but it's a path that leads to salvation. It's a path that leads to abundant life, and it's a path that leads to joy and calmness and peace and everything that it brings with it. And so I want to give you the opportunity today, and the way we're going to do this today is I want every one of us to pray together because there are people here that this is so monumental. This is, this is something where you've come in here today empty, and you're like, man, I don't know what I'm feeling right now. I want to run. I want to turn around. I want to run out of here. But there's something keeping me here because I know what that man up there is saying is true, and it's for me. That's God illuminating the path for you. And so we're going to say this prayer together, and especially those of you that, that are like, man, today's the day. This is what I want. This is what I need today, and I'm going to do it. So let's pray this together. It's just a prayer that leads you. That's all it is. So just everyone pray with me. Dear Lord, thank you for bringing me here today. I realize I need you. I want to be on your path. And so at this very moment, Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and to be my Lord and my Savior and to forgive me of all of my sins and to empower me with your Holy Spirit and transform me from the inside out. Thank you for this gift of salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus today, visit us online at www.theharborli.com backslash next step.